Enjoy that in your ears. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back. It's the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Hey everybody. Hi. Glad you're with us. Hey. We're going to jump right in. Yes, we are. With um, the first reading. With the first reading. And the first reading comes from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses spoke to all the people saying, A prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you from among your own kin. To him you shall listen. This is exactly what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not again hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more, lest we die. And the Lord said to me, This was well said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their kin, and will put my words into his mouth. He shall tell them all that I command him. Whoever will not listen to my words, which he speaks in my name, I myself will make him answer for it. But if a prophet presumes to speak in my name, an oracle that I have not commanded him to speak, or speaks in the name of other gods, he shall die. And our psalm comes from Psalm 95. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to him. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord who made us, for he is our God, and we are the people he shepherds, the flock he guides. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Oh, that today you would hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as at Meribah, as in the day of Massa in the desert, where your fathers tempted me. They tested me, though they had seen my works. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And our second reading comes from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, I should like you to be free of anxieties. An unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But a married man is anxious about the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and he is divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is anxious about the things of the Lord, so that she may be holy in both body and spirit. A married woman, on the other hand, is anxious about things of the world, how she may please her husband. I am telling you this for your own benefit, not to impose a restraint upon you, but for the sake of propriety and adherence to the Lord without distraction. And our gospel is from Mark. Then they came to Capernaum. And on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him, and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. All right, so 
Go ahead and take a couple minutes to read over the readings uh, yourself or if you're doing this with some friends or family. Uh, and see if there's any key phrases, things that stand out to you, words that stand out to you. And we're going to do the same. I remember a couple of weeks back when we were talking about, um, I'm afraid of his advent or afterward, but we were talking about uh, John the Baptist because he was in the Gospels for a couple of weeks there uh, at the beginning of um, different Gospels. Different gospels. But um, they ask him, like, are you Elijah? Are you, uh, and they ask, are you the prophet? Um, and we had Bible study and a couple of their teens asked, like, what prophet are they talking about? It's like, are they talking about Elijah? But they also named Elijah. We were I, we didn't know, and so uh, Chelsea looked up and realized that it was referencing um, this first reading where Moses is saying um, in Deuteronomy, which is like his farewell speech to the Israelites, he's saying, there will be a prophet uh, like me from among your own kin that will be raised up. Um, and so that's the prophet that they were referring to there, which is just cool that it came back around uh, at this point when uh, the actual prophet to whom Moses was referring is beginning his ministry, uh, which is Jesus in Mark. Uh, at this point. And so I just think that's very cool. Um, one of the things, just I always love the, the question in the gospel. Uh, in this particular part of the gospel, um, or uh, they ask it at the end, but it says it in the beginning. Um, For he taught, as, he taught them as one having authority. Um, and just the thought of like what that means. Uh, I remember a couple years back when I was in the seminary, uh, Bishop Burns came for the first time um, to the seminary for evening prayer and dinner, and he, he gave a short homily. And I just remember that very first time hearing him, I forget everything that he said, but um, I just remember having like an image of like, that's, there's something in that, which is like what it means to teach with authority. Um, like that's, he obviously believes what he's saying, and he lives it. Um, and I just imagine that Jesus himself speaking in the flesh would be, even you know, so much more um, cool or you know, authoritative or whatever, but um, I just love that there's, I got that image of kind of what that means, and the people recognize it. Um, obviously, Mark kind of chooses their words here, but that's the question they ask. They ask, what is this, a new teaching with authority? Um, he commands even the unclean spirits, and so just that's a, a cool thing at the beginning of this gospel as we still kind of start out this um, liturgical year for, uh, for us to keep in mind that that's what Jesus is uh, he's doing. He's something that's different about him. Yeah, I remember the, the this reading kind of helped me whenever I was getting ready for confirmation, and I think I was a senior in high school, and it was the first time that I actually felt like I understood what it meant, um, the gift of fear of the Lord. Like, for the longest time, I just, you know, you think fear, you think of something that's in, um, inherently evil or something to stray away from, but after going through this reading in one of our classes, it kind of helped me to realize that you know, fear in the Lord isn't something that is meant to make you, you know, push you away from that, but just the, like you were saying, the authority and the power that God has that is so more awe-inspiring than it is something that, like, would, you know, kind of cast you away. And so, um, yeah, just kind of realizing that that fear is not something to think of as something that is evil, but rather that is something that draws you in because of the, you know, absolute truth and what's the word, um, kind of transparency that comes with it. I think one line that stands out to me uh, is from the first reading where it talks about, let us not hear 
Let us not again hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire any more lest we die. Um, and I think as Erica was talking about that fear um, and just thinking that it's something to be afraid of, um, but as it tells us in the psalm, like, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Like, to be joyful in recognizing the Lord's voice and um, are we attuned to that um, and how are we listening to it? Um, because the more time that we spend listening to the Lord's voice, then we know that it's him calling us, um, opposed to other things and um like what are we really listening to um kind of in in the second reading of talking about um the anxieties of the world and i think we often get so caught up in this reading of like you know unmarried men and married men and unmarried women and but i think the biggest takeaway of that of the secular and the spiritual and how do we prioritize versus um there's a there's a good and a bad um i think it's all good but what's where's there like a holy tension within that and how do we balance it and being focused on the lord um and how are we listening to him versus allowing the other things of the world to to really um take over yeah i think with that second reading uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, you know, starting out like, I want you to be free of these anxieties. And then he talks about the married man uh, and the married woman and the unmarried man and unmarried woman. And he says, I'm, I'm doing this for your benefit so that you can have a relationship with the Lord without distraction, right? Because we know that as those different vocations in our lives uh, come about, that we feel more and more pressure to. Um, help other people around us achieve that goal of uh, that relationship with the Lord uh, but if we're focused more on the relationship than we are on being with the Lord uh, we're, we get distracted in that way um, man I love just how these readings go together in so many ways uh, so with Moses saying a prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up from among your own kin to him shall you listen and um everything that's in the gospel. And I wonder, you know, Andrew, when you were pointing that out, my, my initial thought was, you know, right after Moses, uh, he doesn't make it through the, the desert into the Holy, Holy Land, you know. Um, instead, there's another prophet that comes right after him, Joshua. Uh, and they, they, I wonder if the mindset of the people was, oh, we're talking, you're talking about Joshua. Clearly, this is who you're talking about. Um, but then we have the gospel, uh, and it says that the people were astonished by his teaching because he didn't teach like one of the scribes. He taught with one having authority. And so what would happen is the scribes would come in. When, when you went into the synagogue uh, to teach, any of the scribes, any of the rabbis, any of the, the Pharisees or Sadducees that were, that were there could preach uh, in the synagogue. So it would be similar to like uh, Father Alphonse, Father Paul, and Father Jovita all giving a homily on the same Sunday just because they all happened to be in the building at the same time. Um, but there was something different. Like you said with Bishop Burns when he came and gave this homily to you guys, there was something different about what Jesus said and what Jesus did. Um, and what I love about what happens in the gospel is that it's not just the people who were astonished by his teaching and understanding that it came from authority, but the demons, the unclean spirits, recognize who it is uh, and the, the, the phrase that they use, of course, they call him by name. What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? But they also say, 
Holy One of God, which is a phrase that is only used when talking about the prophets. Um, and and even more fun with some of the wordplay, what was Jesus's Hebrew name? Yeshua. Yeshua. Joshua. Right? Goes all the way back to what we were talking about with, with Moses. That Joshua. And then, yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of cool how it all ties together that, you know, Jesus was the fulfillment of that Joshua. He was the one that came right after. He's the one that's been there all along. What I, I find so fascinating with this is that and Jesus has this and he commands unclean spirits and they obey. But the people who are in the synagogue don't. You know, we, we, we know about the rejection that Jesus has, even so much so that Jesus has to say that like a prophet will not be welcome in his own city, in his own place. Um, and it makes me think, like, where was Jesus when all of this happens? He's in the church. What are we doing as Catholics in the church that is distracting us the same way that the people in Corinth were distracted? What are we doing that is distracting us from that relationship with Jesus Christ? Are we, are we listening to everything that's being asked of us the way that Moses said that, that you know, to, to him you shall listen. Are we listening to everything? Are we truly loving our neighbor? Are we loving as Jesus Christ loved? I mean, we know the statistics. We, we work in the church. Um, you know, two-thirds of our, two-thirds of Catholics don't even believe in the true presence. You know, 90% of Catholics don't see any moral objection to contraceptives. More than half are pro-choice. Like, these are all issues that are very clearly defined in the Catholic Church as, you know, this is the true presence of Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. No, like life begins at uh, conception and ends with a natural death. Um, we don't agree with contraceptives. So if we're not listening to the teaching authority that even demons are willing to follow, then what are we doing as followers of Christ? You know, what, what are we listening to and how is that affecting us? Um, and that's really, like like I said, I know I've got a lot to say on all of this, but it, it's how all of these tie together. And then, of course, with the psalm. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Again, who are we listening to? What are we listening to? Because if it is just as simple as I'm listening to, you know, Paul and Andrew and Chelsea and Erica, and that is my fulfillment of the faith, our job is to point you in that right direction. Our job is to point you to Jesus Christ. But none of us are Jesus Christ. None of us are the speaking authority of the church. None of us are the Christ who founded the church that is part of the tri part of the Trinity, you know? Uh, so yes, we appreciate you listening and we try our best to point you in the right direction. Um, but we are not God. And God has come, and he has spoken, and he teaches with this new authority. And how are we following him? And I, I think that's the, the most important. Because, like Paul, like St. Paul, we want you to be free of anxieties. And uh, we want you to have that relationship with the Lord that is without distraction. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for joining us. We hope that uh, you join us again next week. Like, subscribe, share, do all those fun things for us. And we will talk to you 
again next time. <laughs> Bye. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.